Hello, 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 and welcome to my existential crisis. My name is Madison Epley. I'm Haley Guffrey. And this is the podcast where we talk about all the really fucked up things that send us into, you guessed it, an existential crisis. How you doing, Haley? I haven't talked to you all week. Um, uh, everyone at school is sick, so I am not feeling great this oh, evening. Oh, no. I'm sorry. But well, hey, guess what? Okay. What? I'm also not feeling good. There I have bronchitis go. and an ear infection. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. We should just start keeping, like, a, a tally <laughs> of how often you get bronchitis. It's seriously. Honestly, yeah. I uh, Episode one, I had bronchitis, and now it's, I think this is going to be episode nine. Jeez. Yeah. I have my inhaler, though, so oh, I go into a coughing fit. Anyway, how 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 else are you doing besides feeling sick? Um, I don't know. It depends on how my car is doing tonight when we oh, go get no. it from the. Yeah, I'm. I took my car in yesterday to get it inspected, and I went in knowing it wouldn't pass inspection because there was a problem with the light. But I figured there was other things wrong with it, and I didn't know what they were, so I just went in. Gotcha. There were, like, five things they said needed to be done for it to pass inspection. I said, okay. And they gave me an estimate, and it was going to cost a lot less than I thought it would. It was... I would be able to afford it. Like, it was fine. Um, And then uh, when I was leaving work today, my check engine light came on, and it started, like, jerking when I would drive. So, oh, that's not good. Nope. So I am pissed for a couple reasons. Number one, they did not, like, n- there was no indication in anything that they told me yesterday that this was, like, a problem. A, a problem. Um, so I'm pissed about that. I'm pissed because if it's, like, a genuine problem and not just, like, I don't know, some weird one-off. Yeah. My car is being screwy, like... I should be happy about this, but we just bought tickets to Disney World last night. Be- <gasps> I saw that. We didn't talk about this. I, I saw that in your story. I I'm know. Like, ah. But I did that. I did that because we came back from my um, car inspection and I was like, it's yeah. not going to cost as much as we thought it was. I have the money. Like, let's just let's just do it. We're already going to be in Florida for your friend's wedding. Like, we might as well go. Um, but now it's great. <laughs> I just dropped all that money on Disney World, and there might be something seriously wrong with my car. So, we left the car in the parking lot outside of my work. Um, we're gonna go get it after we're done recording here. We're I'm sorry, go. it's. I fine. hope it's good news. I hope it's. I hope it's not expensive. I know engine shit can get really expensive, so I'm hoping that it's not anything major. I. I don't. I. I. <sighs> I'm just frustrated. Like, I can't imagine yeah. that there's anything seriously wrong with it. Are we cutting all this out? Because I've just been bitching the past, like, five minutes. You're fine. Minutes I'll, about... I'll clean it up. Don't worry. Okay. I'll do my magic. I'm just... <laughs> yeah, I'm just... So, I want to be in a good mood. I want to be excited because I'm going to Disney and I... You're going to Disney. fucking love Disney, but... At the same time, I'm just like, the only reason I bought these tickets is because my car was okay. So, it's just frustrating, but it's fine. It's all... Anyway... 
I'm sorry, Cup Puff. It's okay. It, but you're going to Disney. I'm, you're going to go to Disney. That's so exciting. I'm go for me. Excited. Go by care. I'm going to live vicariously through you. Okay. And my childhood self will just like frolic around in Disney ears or Mickey ears, whatever they're called. I want us all to go someday as a, as a, all my friends. I want to go. Wait, what? I want to go with all my friends someday. Oh, I thought you said about something about a ghost. I was very confused. No. Oh, you said go. Go. Yes. Okay. I'm so- i'm sorry it's okay it's, it's the antibiotics the fever the, the air infection oh my god it's everything i can't he- i can't hear it's the vapors <laughs> but yeah how? i would love to go on like a friend trip sorry go ahead. no you're fine i was just gonna ask how you're doing because i've spent the past like 10 no, minutes you're now. good you're good i am doing well besides dying i this the second week in a row i've been ill which is really frustrating and like i'm always sick and so like i just like burst into tears they was like what's wrong and i'm like i'm just so sick of being sick like last week i had the flu it was so bad like i was oh just God. dead i woke i woke up in the morning I, I was fine the night before i woke up sunday morning and like I just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And so I sat up. I knew something wasn't right immediately. And I, I looked at David. I'm like, I don't feel good. I just need a minute. And so him thinking that I'm just like, I guess, fucking around or like it's not as bad as I think it is. He like comes over and reaches and like tries to like playfully like shake me. And he's shaking me. And I'm like, please don't touch me. Please stop this. And he's just like trying to be cute. And I'm like, I am in pain. I'm dying. And, um, Christian will do that. He'll shake me and I'll be like, I literally yeah. have migraines. Like, Why are you doing this? Yeah, like, please, like, this is, this would be cute under very different circumstances. But it was our anniversary this week. So we just like went out to eat for lunch and then we like walked around Hershey and then like came back to our apartment and played video games and just chilled, which was really nice. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to those who celebrate. Yes, everyone should celebrate. There's no wrong time to celebrate love, any kind of love. It's love, always in style. Love. It's always in season. Being single on Valentine's Day, it sucks. I mean, I've been single on Valentine's Day before. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to think about it. I did. I was like, I must have been at one point. But, like, you love yourself. You love your friends. I love you. I love you, too. It's always hard holidays where it was so weird because like i've been single my whole life this is the first valentine's day i've had a real boyfriend that's right you weren't dating last year i was not no (gasps) you were not um i forgot so oh my gosh happy valentine this is so special happy valentine's day guff puff it was very nice it was very special i but I remember, like, I remembered yesterday, like, when I was single and it would be, like, Valentine's Day. And I'd have to sit there and watch all the couples post about each other on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. And I would just be well, like... Well, now you got to do that I this did. Year. I did. And it was very nice. You guys were so cute. I was probably annoying about... No, I wasn't. No, I didn't post that much about cute. it. But You didn't. Also, he called you a goblin? Yes. He, so on, on, I thought you were calling him a goblin at first, and I was like, oh, and then I saw it was vice versa, and I was like, oh, like, what is happening? No, on, so I was just getting into that, on Facebook, (laughs) he, he made a picture collage of pictures of me and pictures of us, which is sweet, um, and I told him it's funny, because on Facebook, he posted 
the same picture to Facebook and Instagram with different captions. On Facebook, it just says goblin with a heart. Just that's goblin. it. Goblin. On Instagram, however, there's like a little paragraph. Oh, was there? Mm-hmm. I just saw the goblin part. You just saw goblin and ran with it though, and you were like, "Yeah, I did." Yeah. I was, he calls well, that's me. The one that, that's what stuck out. <laughs> Well, that's fair. He calls they me call goblin. call someone a goblin and you think, like, it's whenever you called Nick a freak. <laughs> you fucking freak. <laughs> like, and, that was and Applebee's. the funniest. Like, that's what I thought. I think of that constantly. It is so I funny. I constantly, too. It's so I'm fun. going in for the kill. You're a fucking freak. I almost <laughs> killed him that night. I almost murdered him with joy. Like, it was so funny. <laughs> That was so good. Uh, it was so good. So, uh, probably some of the best work I've ever done. Yeah, I would say. Well, the other... we The night we saw Anastasia, we went to this, like, sports bar. And Christian and I aren't sports people. Like, neither of us. Yeah, we aren't either. We didn't watch the Super Bowl. I didn't watch the Super Bowl either. <laughs> yeah, we didn't give a fuck. Um, I But gotcha. we went to the sports bar, and he's sitting there, and he goes, Did you hear that LeBron did this and this? And I looked at him, and I just go, Is this who we are now? Are we people who talk about sports? Well, I can just, like, hear it with your deadpan face. Like, he's oh, just, yeah. like, so earnest. And, like, yeah. did you hear about LeBron? And you're like, is this what's happening now? Yeah. Is this who we are? That's exactly what happened. I was like, are <laughs> the, is this is this what we do now? We talk about sports? Except for baseball. Baseball is fine with me. I uh, love baseball. yes, the pants. Ugh, good set of baseball You know pants. what? I, I, I don't know why, but I find guys who play hockey so fucking attractive. Like, I you know, I never did guys. until I looked at... They got. I also got some nice, some nice booties on them. They do, I, and now I'm, I'm dating one. Oh, he played hockey. Yeah, he almost went pro. Well, oh, like fuck. almost went pro. Yeah, like like he was very serious about hockey. Oh, like he damn. would wake up at like three, four in the morning to practice before school. Oh my gosh, never knew that. Yeah, now you do, David. <laughs> I learned something new about Jeff. He can't hear me. He's in his own little world. When I was working at at Capri. We had a hockey banquet, and it was this traveling hockey team, and they came in, and and I was like, I was in heaven. I was like, all of these, all of, they're not, like, I was like, yeah, all these hockey guys. Now I'm old enough, like, we go to the Tomahawk games, and I'm like, oh, these are all, I looked up how old the Tomahawks are, because I figured they were, like, college age. And it's like sixteen, and I'm like, Ugh. they're high schoolers. I was yeah. like, fuck, get me out of here. I can't be going to those games. <laughs> I, I, cause I'm just like, cause I go to hockey. I don't care about people. <laughs> I can't. Well, like I can't. I don't care about the sport. I care about yeah. hot guys. So you can't catch me at Tomahawks games anymore. <laughs> cause I truly didn't know until I was like, I think like last year. I really? looked up. Yes. So twenty-two oh year old me oh is going to ho- Tomahawks like, games because I'm like yes, <laughs> and then it's like I looked it up and I'm like, oh my god, the oldest the is like eighteen. <laughs> the only reason I knew that was because kids in my class were Tomahawks. They played for it. Really? I was like, yeah, I was shocked. Oh, I did not know that. I did not know we had Tomahawks. I'm pretty positive. I could be very mistaken. Hmm. Maybe they just played for our hockey team, but that's how I learned that, like, either they wanted to be a Tomahawk or they were a Tomahawk. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's sports. Mm, no, maybe. talking out of my ass. Maybe I wasn't 
maybe it wasn't just last year I learned this. Maybe I was, like, 21 or 20 when I figured it out. Well, because, like, one of them started living with a woman I worked with, because they'll come and they'll live with... A tomahawk? Yeah. A baby? Yeah, no, like, not, like, a... That was his, um, his traveling, his training family. Like, almost like a, like a, like a... What's it called? Studying abroad. Yeah, a host family. That's what it is. Yeah. And then he started dating one of the girls at the high school. Oh. Yeah. And she was, like, 16. Oh, shit. And... She's a baby. We were, like, the fuck? And I was, like, how old is this guy? Like... She was like, I don't really approve of him dating her. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, I wouldn't either. He's like 20 something. He wasn't. He was like 18. But uh, I'm just stupid. You're not stupid. I'm not stupid. It's, it's a just... mistake anyone would have made. Yeah. I made it. We got to cut so much of this. I don't want to sound cool. like a pedophile on our podcast. No. That's not what it is. That's not. I didn't know. And now that I do, I, uh, you know, you're icked out. Yeah. My, God, my one co-worker, this is, I'm sorry, I keep going on these tangents. Fine, I love it. My one co-worker, he's, like, 19, and we were talking the one night, and he's gay, and he was talking to me about this guy he was talking to, and he was like, he has such a big dick, and he was like, do you want to see it? And I was like, what? Uh, I was like, how fucking old is this kid? And he was like, 18. And I okay. stood there, and I was like... No, no. Like it's legal, but like, he, yeah, that's what he said. Like, he was like, "It's legal," and I said, "I feel weird about that." Icky, yeah. I don't feel good. First about of all, that. did you get permission? That's no, not... no, no. Of course not. Imagine dating someone in high school right now. No, like uh, you're I, in such different no, parts of like, your life. Even a senior in high school, I'm like, that feels wrong to Icky. me. Icky, it feels wrong. Like, oh, but they're 18. Like, oh, it wouldn't matter to me. It still feels weird. Like, creepy. Like, I feel. Yeah. That's just weird. But even like, okay, don't. I, I love Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, I, I love know. Him I've, my, been love, love, I've, been I've been wondering. I've been wondering. I've been wondering. I've been wondering where your mind has been on this. For those of you who don't know, I don't know what's getting cut and what's making the episode at this point. But I'm just gonna go through this like everything's going in. For those of you who don't know, Madison has an unhealthy thing with Leonardo DiCaprio. It's a little unhealthy. I fucking love Leonardo she, DiCaprio. David, watch out, because if Leonardo DiCaprio came knocking at the door... Honestly, that would be it. Yeah, <laughs> like, she would be out. <laughs> she has I, said, and she knows, she knows he's a predator, she has I said, I am approaching the age where he stops caring about me. Yes! Madison is 24. <laughs> No, no, you're 23. I'm 23. Okay, you're gonna be 24. I have, uh, yeah, I have a, a little bit longer. Yeah. You have two years. Yeah. Well, a year he and a half. Blondes. I'm blonde. Well, now he's going even <laughs> younger. Uh, yeah, he, that's what I was just gonna say. He's dating somebody who was born in 2002 who was not even born when Titanic came out. It's I don't so think gross. I was either, but you still. Were not. <laughs> I that... wasn't. But still. I, mm, Listen, Leonardo DiCaprio, my heart will go on for you forever and ever. So and ever and ever. 
<laughs> so weird. I can't. Like, it's the same age difference between him and this new lady of his as it is between David Harbour and Millie Bobby Brown. Are you serious? Yeah. Icky. That's really gross. That's icky. icky. I actually think he is older than my dad. Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio? How old even yeah, is he? Old- 40, 46, right? Leonardo oh, DiCaprio? Yeah. He's he's older than my dad. My dad is 40. Actually, what year is he born? Oh, no. Leonardo DiCaprio is 48. Oh, yeah. He's older than my dad. <laughs> my dad is only... Four- I think he's 46 now. Like, We're going on 46. I- He'll be 46 this year, I think. I want to love Leo so much, but it is so hard when he keeps dating women less than half his age. He's so talented and just like look at like a young Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, Romeo and Juliet, Leonardo DiCaprio, be still my heart. Madison, he doesn't look like that anymore. I know, but that's just how I see him in my brain. I don't even (laughs) care. I don't care if the person you're dating is legal. If they are half your age... Icky. Gross. Ick. Gross. They're not an adult. That's still a child. 18-year-old, still a child. Yes. I would 100% agree. You know what? This is a great transition. Into your story? It really is. Oh, perfect. perfect. Good, good. Perfect. Because um, my story is about love. It's about undying love. And, you know, in the spirit of oh, Valentine's God. Day, I'm I think a little that worried. would be appropriate. I'm a little concerned about what this story could be. Okay, so my story is about love, um, and I'm just going to kick it off. I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, but it's a wild story. It's like, could be, one might think it be romantic. Um, if it weren't so crazy. So, uh, I'm just gonna jump right in. I'm gonna be so upset. What? I know this fucking story. I knew it. You said- You do? You said this story is about undying love, and I knew. Oh, I you knew. did? Okay. Well, oh, man. that's what we're, that's what we're doing here today. Oh, God. So- I, Fuck. Carl Tanzler was a German-born radiologist who was practicing in Key West, Florida, in the 1920s and 30s. And while we do know the truth about his early life, I'm not going to go into it because it doesn't really matter. And the only important thing is that he fabricated a lot of it to anyone he met. Um, He emigrated to the U.S. from Germany in 1926 with his wife and two daughters. A year later, he left his wife and kids and moved to Key West, Florida in 1927. He changed his name and was practicing radiology under the name of Carl von Kossel, or Count Carl von Kossel. I love a fake count. He wasn't a count. Yeah, just, just for the record, he just referred to himself as that. But, you know, whatever floats your boat, Carl. Whenever he was younger, and possibly, probably, the origin for his count, countery, countess, how would you count, for being a count? Whatever you want to call that. He claimed that whenever he was a young boy, he would frequently have visions that he was visited by his dead ancestor, Countess Anna Constantia von Kossel, who revealed to him his true love. A dark-haired, quote-unquote, exotic-looking woman. 
and he had this vivid image of her in his mind for decades. On April 22nd, 1930, Tanzler met Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyas, a local Cuban-American woman who had been brought to the hospital for examination. Tanzler immediately recognized her as his one and only true love, the same dark-haired, exotic-looking woman from his visions. In her community, Elena was known as a local beauty. She was very gorgeous, and immediately Carl was infatuated. Up to this point, Elena had somewhat of a tragic life. She had two sisters, uh, up until now, one only one of which had died from tuberculosis, and the other, whose husband had died from electrocution while trying to rescue a co-worker from a power line at a construction site. She married, at the age of 17, a man named Louis Mesa, and she got pregnant shortly thereafter, um, but... Unfortunately, she did suffer a miscarriage, which is just really tragic. Mesa left her very shortly after the miscarriage, and he moved to Miami. So he just up and left. He was like, this isn't what I want. Fuck you. He's gone. So Elena, I don't, it doesn't, I tried to find whether she was moving or she was living with her parents or whether she had moved back in with her parents. But regardless, she was in the care of family now. Um and she'd been brought to the hospital to be examined for tuberculosis, which is a disease that killed most of her immediate family. It was fatal at the time, and a diagnosis was basically a death sentence. She was, unfortunately, diagnosed, but even in her frail state, Carl was adamant that he could cure her with his self-proclaimed medical knowledge. With a variety of medicines, contraptions, experiments, he tried desperately to save the love of his life. With the permission from her family, he brought x-ray machines and other medical devices to her home in order to treat her there. She was already in a great deal of pain. Tuberculosis isn't just like, oh, an easy death. No, it's painful. It has, it's, it's in your lungs. It's, you can't breathe. You're coughing up blood. It's not fun. It's painful. Um, so she was already in pain. But then after Carl's treatments, she was in even more agonizing pain on top of that. His remedies included a variety of concoctions and potions that he just threw together, along with devices just being hooked up to her that included electrodes. He thought charging her oxygen electrons with electrodes could cure her. Now, knowing very little that I do about anatomy and <laughs> chemistry, even I know this sounds like horseshit and just insane, and it makes no sense. I can't even try to explain the logic behind the sentence I just said, because there is none. So, in addition to his treatments, he showered Elena with gifts like clothing and jewelry, perfume, fruits, candy, so many presents, and he made his love known by professing it to her. He even bought her a mahogany bed, which would unfortunately end up being her deathbed. Despite being 30 years his senior, 
and in her terminal condition, Carl would not let them stop him or his love for Elena. 30 years he, his senior? 30 years. So wait, is he? Her old? senior. Her senior. Her senior. Okay. Her senior. So, yeah, so he's older I, than she is. Yeah, that's what I thought, but you said um, his senior. Did I? You did. I'm sorry. It's 30 okay. years her senior. She was a young lady, and he was Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> he proposed marriage and offered to care for her for the rest of his life. Even on her deathbed, she refused his offers and advances and never expressed any kind of reciprocation. And while we don't know for sure, she was probably just super confused by his advances and like why she would why he was helping her so much and trying to heal her when they were strangers, like they didn't know each other. Right. I can't even imagine, like, you're on your deathbed and someone's trying to hit. It's like, yeah, you're, you're literally dying, coughing up blood, can't breathe. And someone's professing a man who's 30 years older than you is like, marry me. I love you. I'm going to heal you. You've never met him before. Like, you're strangers. And he's just stalking you. It's awful. Like, this, this poor girl can't even die in peace. Despite his best efforts, Elena died on October 25th, 1931, at the age of 22. Immediately, Carl made a death mask of her. And in case you forgot what a death mask is from episode one, it's basically just a plaster mold or cast of somebody's face after they've passed away. So he had this immediately made for her. And Carl paid for her funeral, and with the family's permission, he commissioned the construction of an above-ground mausoleum in the Key West Cemetery. What his family didn't know is that he had the only key to the mausoleum. One report claimed in addition to embalming her, he insisted there be an airtight casket with an incubator tank of formaldehyde to prevent decay. I only found that in one report, so I don't want to say that was definite because I couldn't confirm that and compare it with other sources, but that's pretty crazy. Um, he would visit the mausoleum every single night, claiming Elena's spirit would talk to him and sing to him. He even had a telephone line installed in her crypt so he could speak directly to her. He continued showering her with gifts on his nightly visits for two years and even claimed her spirit would tell him to take her from the grave. Just a side note, during this time, Carl was fired from his job in radiology for unknown reasons. I would have to say it's probably because he's a Looney Tune, but yeah. I don't know specifically what Looney Tune thing he did to cause him to get fired. But there's that fun fact. He's got a lot of time on his hands. So, one evening in April of 1933, two years after Elena's death, Carl went to the cemetery, as usual, like he did every single night. Except this time, he took her body from the mausoleum. He transported it on a toy wagon and took it home with him. To his horror, as dead bodies typically do, Elena's body had begun to deteriorate. Once he got home, he tried his best to preserve her body and keep it intact and 
tried restoring her in his makeshift laboratory, which he built and he called Elena's airship. His plan was to eventually bring her back to life, thinking he could fly her high into the stratosphere so that the radiation from outer space could penetrate her tissues and restore life to her somnolent form. That's a quote. And again, much like the other quote, I don't know much about those types of things, but even I know that doesn't sound plausible. Carl continued to modify Elena's body to keep it as preserved as he could make it, the extent of which was only discovered through an autopsy nearly a decade later. And in this process of preservation, he wired Elena's bones together with a piano wire and coat hangers to help keep it safe. And so to help keep it safe, safe, to help keep its shape and enable it to move, kind of like a Barbie doll with, like, wire in her arms. You know, like those yeah. ones that can bend. Yeah, he did that. Um, he replaced what was left, if anything, of her eyes with glass eyes. And over time, again, as a dead body does, her skin was rapidly decomposing and falling apart. So he replaced it with silk cloth that he had soaked in wax and plaster. Still continuing to decompose, as her hair fell out, he made a makeshift wig, which he stapled to her head, and he actually used some of Elena's real hair, because after her funeral, Elena's mother, knowing how much Carl cared for her, gave, her some of, gave him some of her hair, and so he used that in his wig. He also stuffed her body with rags so she could keep her original form and dressed her up in her own clothing, stockings, jewelry, and gloves. He used a ton of perfume, disinfectants, and preserving agents to mask the smell of decay. And just thinking about, like, how bad this was smelled, like, I, did you have to dissect anything in high school? No. I I had anatomy class and I dissect I, I dissected a fetal pig, which God. is a story for a different no. day. It was the runt of the litter actually, and so like some of these people had like these mm. giant ass pigs with like fully formed organs. Ours had like no fully formed organs. We were supposed to like identify the kidneys, and like you could there was no kidneys. There was actually like two little lines where the kidneys were supposed to have been formed, and like because we were looking and we're like we're not dumb. We know there's kidneys in here somewhere. They can't just not be here, but they just they lit they weren't because they hadn't formed yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, tangent. Thinking about dissecting that pig. So the pig was soaked in formaldehyde to prevent decay and every day after class we would then put it back in the bag to keep it airtight and even though it was soaked in formaldehyde we worked on that pig for like six weeks i'd say four to six weeks and it smelled like even soaked soaked in formaldehyde like a marinade like it was still smelling like decay So this, I can't even imagine the smell that would come from a human body that is two years deceased. Like, I just can't imagine that. I didn't even get to the worst part. The the worst part of all, uh, there was a tube inserted into what was left of her vagina. 
And while Carl never confessed to committing necrophilia and there was never concrete evidence of it, Carl did keep Elena in his bed and they slept together every night. That's so, so yeah, I don't want to say you do the math because that's, but you do the math. Um, why would there be a tube there for no other reason than to put a tube there? Uh, that's awful. So Carl actually kept this up for seven years. Seven years. She had been dead for nearly a decade. But he wasn't exactly going undetected, and people were starting to notice his odd behavior. Um, Like I said, he would visit Elena's grave every night for two years. So people did grow pretty suspicious when he just suddenly stopped showing up. Right. Um, So they they thought that was weird early on. And then just because Elena was dead, even at her gravesite, he would keep showering her with gifts and bringing her home was no exception. He continued to shower her with gifts. His neighbors thought it was really strange that he was buying women's clothing and jewelry and a ton of perfume. Who was it for? I mean, not that men can't wear women's clothing, but especially at the time, it was very taboo and unheard of. And, you know, you do you, but that does not seem to be that case. Where's all of it going? A neighbor boy also claimed to have seen Carl in his bedroom window dancing around with what looked like a life-sized doll. Mm. Yeah. Soon, Elena's sister and only surviving family member, Florinda, heard these rumors and he, she also started to grow suspicious. So she decided she was just going to give Carl a visit one night and confront him. Shockingly, Florinda didn't even have to put up a fight because Carl proudly took Florinda to his bedroom to show how well he preserved Elena's body, thinking she would be grateful for the work he had done to keep her in good shape. He was proud of this. It was his life's work, essentially. He was very wrong. Um, Understandably, Florinda was horrified and called the police and had Carl arrested. Good. Carl was shockingly found to be mentally competent to stand trial for, quote, wantonly and maliciously destroying a gravesite and removing a body without authorization. But, like, that's it. That's it. Men. I mean, like... Uh, I... Uh, I mean, at the time, stealing a corpse was not a crime, it was the early 30s, so I guess they just didn't think, like, we should put this in the books, like, officially as a crime. So there was that. Um, but after a preliminary hearing, the charges were dismissed because the statute of limitations for the crime had expired. And for obvious reasons, this case grew wide attention across the state and country. And surprisingly... Or, like, not at this point, because, like, how much more shocked can we be? The general mood from the public towards Carl was sympathetic. Most people just viewed him as this eccentric, hopeless romantic. They thought it was so romantic that he just loved her so much he couldn't bear to be apart from her for one day. A second funeral was held, along with a public viewing, where nearly 7,000 people showed up just to take a look and gawk at this just horrific monstrosity. 
Local schools even let out early so kids could take a look. They ba- they had field trips for the kids to come here. And some people even had the gall to ask Key West if they could just seal her off permanently and show her off and display her just for everyone to see as like a tourist attraction. And once again, she was just reduced to a spectacle and it's just horrible. Like, I can't even imagine. Possibly emboldened by the public's positive response to him, Carl had the nerve to ask the judge for Elena's body back. Like, do I even need to, like, uh, obviously, Florinda was just like, fuck you. And the judge, I read, like, the judge was basically like, fuck you too. This is, that's gross and awful. But uh, after her viewing and second funeral, Elena was put to rest for a second time in an undisclosed location in an unmarked grave to avoid any further tampering. Carl paid one last visit to Elena's mausoleum before he left Key West and returned to his wife and kids in 1944. (laughs) Remember, he does have those. Apparently, his wife was just fine with what happened or didn't know about it. But, like, how could she not? She was living in Florida and everyone knew about this. But apparently she was chill at this and supported him for the rest of his life. Uh, Suspiciously, though. Two hours after Carl left the mausoleum, it blew up. And no one really had any doubts that it was Carl who did it, but they didn't really have anything to prove it. And I have a quote here that says, What other person could have the motive to show the officials what the real wanton and willful destruction of a tomb looks like? Carl still had Elena's death mask. Her family didn't even get it. Uh, and he used this to create a life-size effigy of her. Basically, he just remade Elena as a mannequin instead of her actual body. And he lived with it until his death at the age of 75. Again, remember, he's still living with his wife at this point. And she's, again, still just somehow fine with all of this. There were rumors that Elena's body was actually returned to him and he died with her real body, but that is not known to be true. Carl died, uh, and he wasn't found until three weeks after his death. And that is the story of Carl Tanzler and poor Elena. I hope he's in hell. I hope he's in hell, too. That's just awful. I can't, like, I... This is... I hate men. I hate men so much for shit like this. It's awful. And people were sympathetic. People were like, oh, he's just a hopeless romantic. Like, this I reminds like, me so it's much so fucked. of the, of, like, Hugh Hefner who paid to have his yes! body laid to rest above Marilyn Monroe, like, facing her. Yes. And, like, like, fuck you. The men next, there's a man next to her who paid thousands of dollars to be laid to rest next to her face also like his body is also facing her that's so like just even disgusting. in death even in women death. are even not in death. safe like no, even in death when Anne Boleyn was beheaded beheaded her chambermaids ran to her they picked up her body and they moved that shit as fast as they could because they were worried about what men in the audience mm-hmm. would do to her body. Yeah. 
It's even, awful. Even, even in, in death, death, women are beheaded. not safe. And no. it is the most... Uh, I, Infuriating. Yeah. I I hope that Carl Tanzler is burning in hell. Um, and I hope that he is constantly in immortal pain. I just heard this true crime story um, literally yesterday about this woman who had been in an abusive relationship on and off for years. And one day she was murdered and uh, literally all signs pointed to her boyfriend who was abusive and notoriously abusive, but everything was just circumstantial. There was like, even he had blood on his shoes and like his bloody footprints in her house, but his lawyers used the defense of, he beat up on her so much. You can't prove that this blood was from her murder because oh it could have God. just been from any other time he was beating the shit out of her. So he got off scot-free because it was all circumstantial. And even more fucked up, whenever he died, he bought the plot next to her. I hope he's also in hell. Yeah, they actually did have a fundraiser to to move her mother's body so she could get away from her abuser. But like that's like that is it's fucked. Sorry. I'm I'm also heated right now. I'm sorry. I'm But yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. So, once again, I have to pick things up. I've got to brighten the mood. Yeah. Once again, one day it's going to be you. One day I'm going to have the heavy hitting. <laughs> Listen, Fre- you did last week. Uh, well, yeah, it's true. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> last week I was, I was horse, upset. Horse, horse. Horse, horse. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, I have a question for you. I have an answer, maybe. What? How do you feel about how do you feel about mermaids? How do I? Yeah. How do I feel about them? Yeah. How do you feel about them? Like, as in, do I feel contempt for them? Do no, I respect like, just them? Like, like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, how do you? Feel? How do you feel about mermaids? I. It's a pretty simple question. Really, I I'm mystified. I'd love to be one. I personally think it is nearly impossible for them not to exist really i well not okay not impossible okay are you gonna tell me about mermaids i'm gonna tell you about mermaids and i'm going to explain to you i'm going to my argument is going to be made okay i will play the devil's advocate i love i listen i love the little mermaid that's my that was my favorite right still is so here's my thing with so people believe in aliens right because like how can there not be aliens out there yeah the universe is never ending space is vast like how can aliens not exist you know mm-hmm. that's kind of why i believe in mermaids over 80 okay. percent of the ocean has never been yes. mapped explored or even seen by humans yes that blows my mind like more we've seen more of the moon and the mars <laughs> and the mars we've seen more of the moon and of mars than we have of like the deepest depths of the ocean yeah. So I, that's, so I believe mermaids to be real. I believe, I do I think that they're like aerial little mermaid kind of mermaids? Probably not. Um, they're what, probably. What do you imagine when you think of like a mermaid? You know the Harry Potter mermaids? Yeah. Yeah. Like a... Ugly. Okay. 
Yeah, okay. Terrifying. I get behind that. Like, they, like, I don't think they're, like, I, I think that they're, like, humanoid fish people, kind okay. of. Like, that's, that's where I'm at. Um, that's where I'm at on that. I think that okay. they are real. And since the second century, at least, people have been claiming to see. I can't even imagine the second century being a time. All right. Well, <laughs> imagine it now in Gaul. <laughs> mermaid corpses found washed on the shore. Mermaid. Actually? Yeah. Mermaid corpses were found to be frequently washed up on the shore with their bodies covered all over in scales. As stated by Pliny the Elder. <laughs> Pliny the Elder. What a name. Yes. I want to be an elder someday. Pliny the Elder. I want to respect me enough to be Madison the Elder. And then um, 18th century Blackbeard's logbook. He mentions mermaids. The pirate Blackbeard mentioned mermaids in his logbook. Um... Even going so far as to, like, write in his logbook, like, stay away from certain areas because of mm. mermaids. Kind of like a siren type of thing? Yeah. Um, Christopher Columbus claimed to see mermaids. Uh, historians say that they're manatees. I think I said that wrong. They're, manatees. They're, you, man, yeah, manatees. I was like, what? Like the they're humanities? manatees. Sorry. <laughs> manatees. <laughs> manatees. It just doesn't seem like a word you can mess up, but... Yeah, but you did it. But I did it. The K Islands in 1943, Japanese soldiers of World War II saw many mermaids. These soldiers claimed the mermaids were, like, five feet tall, had spikes on their spine, their shoulders, and their neck. And the local villagers in K Islands of Indonesia um, had their own creature that they were familiar with. And they called it the Orang Ikan, which translated to manfish. Okay. These soldiers stationed in the islands had multiple claims of encounters with these manfish. Um, they recorded not one, but many different sightings, claiming they all saw the same thing. Um, they were said to have light pink skin and a mouth like a carp. And instead okay. of a single tail, they had two frog-like fins and arms. What do carp mouths and frog-like fins look like? Oh, boy. I'm looking it up. Oh, okay. Basically, think of a fish mouth, and that's what a carp mouth is. That sounds fair. That sounds right. <laughs> that's really literally it. And frog fins. Those are scu- I typed in frog fins, and all I got back was, like, scuba fins. So maybe that was it? Maybe they are, like, the... Maybe they don't mean, like, actual frog fins. Maybe they mean, like scuba fins i'm not i'm not sure do frogs have fins do frogs have fins? a sergeant named mr taro requested the villagers of this uh village in indonesia to inform him if any of the orangikan were captured dead or alive and the soldiers summoned the general soon after who saw these creatures with their with his own eyes as well um after the war mr taro tried his best to get the scientific community involved but that didn't happen um, in 1967, a ferry with a group of tourists, like, all the tourists on this ferry claimed to spot a mermaid on the beach. 
And it seemed like she was eating raw salmon. Oh. Cannibalism. Um, <laughs> Is it? I, I mean, I guess Partial it would cannibalism. be. cannibalism. I guess. Charles White from the Undersea Gardens was desperate to prove of this mermaid's existence and offered a $25,000 reward for the mermaid's capture. And he even was like, I've got a room for her at this fancy, swanky place, and I'll put whatever she wants in it. But uh, nobody could find this mermaid, and as time passed, the story uh, died out. In 1998, a boat of ten people claimed to see the same exact mermaid. Um, as the one from the 60s? No. Just the same... Oh, they, I mean, they all yeah. saw the same... Okay, yeah, okay, at the okay, same okay. time. At the same time. Um, gotcha, sorry. A diver managed to take a photo of the mermaid swimming <laughs> past, and experts claim it is real. Um, Jeff Liker, a diver who was a videographer for Jack Diving Locker of Kauai, um, claims that he not only saw but came into brief contact with the mermaid. He was 20 minutes off the coast of Kauai when he saw what looked like a woman just 10 feet away swimming with a pod of dolphins and was able to keep up with their fast pace, which Liker was like, that's, that's weird. How is she doing that? She suddenly jumped into the air, revealing her fishtail. And there were mm. 10 people on the boat that said they saw the same thing. They saw her jump twice, and then she disappeared. An hour later, when Liker was diving and taking photographs of marine life, the mermaid brushed against him while she was swimming away. He quickly snapped images and was able to catch her on one photo as she swam away. And these images were submitted to three high-profile photography labs who analyzed them and said the images were real and hadn't been tampered with. Where are these images? I want to see. I'm looking at 1998 mermaid sighting photos. Ooh. Is this the photo he got? Because that's a good-ass photo. For those of you listening at home who would like to see the picture, um, all I did was look up 1998 mermaid sighting mermaid photos. Sighting. Yeah. And I believe the at least first two are the pictures in question. So, I'm not entirely sure, but it seems right. In 2009, there were multiple sightings of the same mermaid on Kiryat in Israel. Some onlookers claimed that there was a creature that resembled a young girl who would often be found on the beach and doing tricks in the water. And when the news spread, the government got involved. They issued a $1 million reward for anyone who could provide solid proof of the mermaid's existence. Capturing the mermaid wasn't necessary. Just a photo was good. Okay. Um, when the news got out, NBC got out to do some investigation of their own with a film crew at Kiryat. They filmed morning and night above and below the waters, and they hoped to get some footage of this mermaid. And late one night, the crew claimed to have seen a human figure dipping into the water. They did their best to follow the mermaid and capture it on camera, but it was too late. The mermaid disappeared, and the crew was left without solid proof. And all the footage by both the crew and by any bystanders were transferred to the Center for Coastal Ocean Research in Los Angeles. The center's director, Michael Schacht, examined the evidence and said that although it was impossible to clearly state that the figure in the footage is a mermaid, it still remained a high possibility. The $1 million reward still stands, and tourists and locals are still on the lookout. 
And finally, in 2012, there was a dam blocked in Zimbabwe. And divers were sent to fix the blockage of the dam. And every diver they sent down there resurfaced and said they would not return to the waters because they had seen a mermaid. Um, oh, wow. The government didn't believe the local workers and hired workers from outside areas, but even these new workers reported seeing the same thing and refused to go back down there. A lot of people in that area had no doubt about mermaids existing and claimed that they've seen proof and even the mermaids themselves, and to this day, the dam is still not finished. Jeez Louise. So... Those are some of the fun stories I could find about mermaid sightings. There are a lot of interesting, like, YouTube videos that people post, which, and again, and like with this picture too, it's like, I take any kind of visual evidence of mermaids with a grain of salt. Yeah, because like, you can just put those fins on. Yeah, like they have really like- Tail. Like- Life-like tails. Yeah. It looks like, like it looks like fish scales. Yeah, so I- take those with a grain of salt but i even like even though i do believe that like mermaids are real i still i feel like everyone's like gonna listen to this and be like "Mm, you're a looney tune and you know what maybe i am maybe i am a looney tune and that's okay but you know like i you said that they were uh, you said that they were confusing manatees for mermaids like not that manatees look very very different, very different from what you think of mermaid. Not that mermaids can't, you know, be a little chubby, but manatees are literally called a sea cow. Yeah. And they they have a face of a walrus. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I will say, I, when I was looking up the manatee and mermaid photo, I found a very interesting photo of a beluga whale that could be mistaken for a mermaid like this makes more sense than a fucking manatee i can send this to you but like this this is this makes more sense than yeah i don't know but christopher columbus was also just an idiot and sexy beluga whales what (laughs) that's what this caption says it's about i'll show you the picture but the caption said it's on a reddit thread and Mm. it says stupid sexy beluga whales well anyway that's all i've got this week i just think mermaids <laughs> are you. really cool that was really interesting i love that i appreciate you bringing this to the table this is pretty cool oh yeah i saw that picture when i was looking for the um yeah the 1998 mermaid picture yeah this this i can see for the for, for the people who are listening the beluga whale it's like this image it looks like there are two legs that are fused together and like a mermaid like mm-hmm. fin See, yeah, I get. Th- I can get behind this. I can get behind that. I can't get behind fucking manatee. No. Stupid, sexy. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. Anyway. Thank you so much for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have topics that you would like us to cover, feel free to send them in to myexistentialcrisispodcast at gmail.com or just feel free to like DM us. That's fine too. We'll, t- we'll take it. We'll take what we can get. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at mecrisispod. If you have Apple Podcasts, please 
rate us and that would be really nice subscribe us so you can keep listening to other episodes if you want why would be you really want cool. to We're so i know fun. don't you like us you can hear us talk about leonardo dicaprio and sexy whales it's fine we're fun <laughs> it's great we're doing great bye bye <laughs>